Previously on Out on Her Fanny. The next episode is The Butler, the Husband, the Wife, and Her Mother. I remember this episode because there's actually a side plot, the B plot, of uh, Niles being visited by the by like the Butler's You can't, don't talk about that now. We're not going to talk about it now, but I'm saying there's a second plot, which is actually very interesting. It's a the- sitcom, there's always a second plot. There's a sitcom, there's always a second plot. It's just the plot dovetails, right? You can talk about the- we have to talk about it in like an hour. And welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. You're Ben. And you're Mandy. Yeah, I want to change it up a little bit. Yeah. I want to keep people on their toes. Keep on their t- Next time, maybe we'll, ju- we'll do the ending at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Mix it up. We'll talk about a different sitcom entirely. How do you feel about talking about 30 Rock? <laughs> it's kind of the same. <laughs> welcome to Out on Her Fanny, your podcast about the nanny. Today we're discussing season two, episode 16 of 30 Rock, and you can't stop us. We would just never say that it's 30 Rock and yeah, wait to see just, yeah. if anyone figures it out. Yes, so uh, Frank has been peeing in glasses and leaving them out on the windowsill in his office. Like that, I think that will be the tell, because no one's pissing in a jar in, in the nanny, are they? Because nobody works for Amazon. No one works for Amazon. No one's being required to piss in bottles. No, we piss in bottles, obviously, but that's recreational. That's just for us. I don't know what you're doing. Is that what? Is I, that I'm what just, all the bottles I are? I just told you I'm pissing in a bottle. I thought you got us lemonade. You haven't been drinking it, have you? I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, I have been adding like a dash of cinnamon to the pee to help it ferment. That maybe that's been affecting the flavor in a way that you apparently you enjoy drinking piss. Who knew? This is going on the internet, Mandy. Anything else you want to add to this? It's, 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 I want to. Talk about the nanny. Let's talk about the nanny. Who's drinking piss in this week's episode of the nanny? (laughs) No one is drinking piss in this week's episode. What, do you know the title of the episode? Yeah, it's the father, the son, and the Holy Ghost, and his butler. Close. Yeah? Yeah, that that fits. Cool. What is Uh, it actually? (laughs) It's the butler, the husband, the wife, and her mother. So you got one. One out of four. That's not two. One out of four. And that is season one, episode six. Yes, in broadcast order. Um, so if you were watching on HBO Max, they have it in, we don't know what order, but they have it listed as episode seven. Yes, I think I think this is called the Sheffield Shuffle. I think that's the viewing order that HBO Max has. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, season one, episode six. Let's get into it. Uh, So it starts off with uh, Fran and Niles in the kitchen trying to catch a mouse. Yes. And Niles is very worried because he has a butler grading but yes he's he's he's, <laughs> he's getting uh he's getting his annual embuttling or whatever it's it's the it's the uh the butler association are yes. going to be appraising his ability to buttle niles is very concerned because he's going to be appraised by the butler association he needs to get in because he gives us a, he has a family history of butlers but his father uh, was kicked out in shame i happen to come from a long line of butlers each one a member until my father, butler to the Duke of Carlisle, accidentally knocked over a vase. And for that, they kicked him out? 
He was wrestling naked with the Duchess at the time. <laughs> Which is an interesting thing because they later on, uh, even in the season, a few episodes from now, do refer that Niles has a family history with the Sheffields of mm. his father was their butler. Mm. And in this instance, they do say that Niles's father uh, slept with the Duchess yes. while working for a duke. So it's... I, is this the previous place? That, I would have uh, that, to assume. Or, or did Niles' father fuck Maxwell's mom? I, I mean, either either a suggestion is brilliant. <laughs> isn't there an episode, like, I remember you watching on Cozy, isn't there an episode way, way later where it's implied that Maxwell hired Niles, he was a street performer in, like, Edinburgh or something? Not that I recall. I remember, well, I want you to make a note day and date of when I said this, because if it comes up in, like, season five or some bullshit, I no, want my due. I mean, because they do, like, even a flashback of showing them as kids, and yeah. Niles is a child yeah. butler. But I'm pretty sure that they also, like, I, this is not a show I think that is particularly interested in canon or continuity, which I think is new territory for a lot of people who like their Marvels and their Star Treks and what have you. Canon doesn't matter, nor should it, if it's in the aid of a good story. Simpsons is proof of that. How could they get married in the, in the 90s and have their firstborn in the 80s? They couldn't. It doesn't work. We don't care. Uh, why am I doing that voice? But there is a, a running thread of horniness in this scene because when uh, Fran says they want to capture the mice and put it outside and then Niall says, and then we'll kill it. Uh, Fran is very turned on by this for <laughs> a hot second. So apparently Niles' family can get it to yeah. the extent where they will lose a job because <laughs> it happened to Niles' dad. So Niles is getting pumped and... Maxwell is getting ready to take the kids to the museum for a celebratory museum trip because Brighton uh, won class president. There's a fine line between reward and punishment in this house. <laughs> yes. All of which is true and does not lead to any sitcom shenanigans later <laughs> on. But I want to start a little mini fashion diversion. Maxwell is wearing those yellow Wellington boots, those yellow wellies, those Paddington Bear wellies. Yes, which Fran calls him out on, uh, yes. them being a very ridiculous outfit for him to be wearing. Yeah. Maxwell says there's going to be a chance of rain later, to which Fran says... There's a chance I'll fall off the chair, but you don't see me wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> it's such, like, a small bit, and it, like, doesn't... It doesn't go anywhere. It's just that they want it... They just want to uh, make fun of Maxwell for a bit. Am I wrong... Is this me misinterpreting part of one of the documentaries on the DVD? Or is the reason they put him in wellies because the actor, whose name I cannot remember right now, did he show up to his audition in Wellington Boots? I don't remember that. I don't know if I've made that up or if they were just talking about him wearing Wellington Boots on the show. But I feel like if it is, it's one of many instances where they reference real life things. that Because like, I know there's a moment in a later episode where Fran is on the plane with the head of CVS mm -hmm. and pitches her show and it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But Maxwell is taking the children to a museum. Again, want to emphasize that this is a reward for them and uh, because Brighton won the, the class president yeah. thing and is all very proud of him. Maxwell is talking a lot about how uh, he was class president and he basically shoved this on Brighton. Like it's yeah. a bit of he uh, basically planned out the entire campaign. Yeah, I want to live vicariously through my child, which means the child does not have any agency in this situation. Yeah, but Brighton is like very gung-ho and making uh first makes a nixon reference and then makes another clinton reference because hey it's the 90s yeah and of course brighton being a child would know exactly who nixon is 
That's, That's not, not what he does. No, he doesn't do that. <laughs> because he has not watched Futurama. Futurama has not aired yet by this point. But there has been a lot of Nixoning that happens in this. He does say, I am a crook, which I think is great. Yeah. But uh, as they're leaving, the kids ask what Fran is doing. And she says, I'll tell you what I'm not doing. Spending time with shitty relatives. Which we've all been at that day. Of how, how happy are you when you think, uh, I don't have to see Cousin Simon today. Yes. Yeah, and she has. I guess it's her. It used to be a, her uncle because it's her, like her uh, arguing between her mom and yeah. this guy whose name I forgot already. He's this not guy important. Who looks like every scientist from the first Half Life game. <laughs> Um, they always have like a very competitive relationship yeah. did you ever have that with like a family where uh relatives would be comparing like you versus like your cousins and stuff like that i i don't think we had any of that i think that uh i was too busy being sad to if it was happening <laughs> i was i was not paying attention to it because that was a uh, I mean, not as, like, meanly combative as this. Like, this is definitely, like, a stereotype thing. But I I, I remember that of, like, my mom talking with, like, my aunts uh, about, like, how I'm doing versus how my cousins are doing. And a bit of, like, that that showmanship. At least when we were kids. I don't know yeah. how much, we're, like, when we're adults. Because we've just, we've just all been just living in sin. Yeah. Um- <laughs> I do know, and I don't, if you don't want to talk about it, then I will stop. I will not bring it up. But the Instagram thing from a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, the the Mandy being hoochie on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> you have, uh, you you did have a relative who we shall keep nameless. Yeah, he was uh, very upset about me showing my butt on my Instagram. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna show my butt, and decided the best way to go about that was to, uh, to tell tell tell, <laughs> tell my mom. And my mom was like, I don't. I don't know what I can do about that. It's it's Mandy's butt. Mandy can do whatever she wants with her butt. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Fran is very happy that she's not going to see these relatives. And then there's a little bit, which I do want to make note of. Maxwell leaves. Niles comes out and was like, oh, uh, Maxwell just got this gift basket from Lauren Bacall. It has some caviar and champagne. And it's uh, nice because, like, Fran and I was like, oh, it's for Maxwell. And then they immediately kind of, like, snicker and... Uh, they, they, they're going to go off. Yeah, they're going to go off yeah. and have it. Which, like, it's it's nice because it's having, like, establishing their kind of relationship as uh, both of the, as just the employees of Hey, Fuck the Boss. They, they've gotten to the point now where they're comfortable stealing from their employer <laughs> together yeah. as a group. When we come back, uh, there's a knock at the door and Fran is walking through the house. Like, is she just, like tonguing the thing of caviar yeah she's getting like the last little bit of caviar and she opens the door and her mother is there yeah her mother's there and her mother's complaining about visiting the relatives and the whole like bragging thing and then sylvia says like anyway i was just about to scream when they asked me about you so i told them that you eloped with a rich broadway producer and you're living in a palace on the upper east side Oh, Ma, what's the matter with you? Ma, you left out the butler. <laughs> is in on this lie. Yeah, she's, she's all for it to the point where she says, I wish I could see their faces, to which... Yeah, to which, uh, surprise, she will, because Sylvia yes. has invited all of them over. And that's when, obviously, that they show up. And Fran is initially reluctant to play along, 
And what is it that changes that makes it her is, be like, welcome to my home? They start bragging about like- Oh, they start the saying, home. oh, you're not an old maid anymore. And yeah, so, yeah. And like really like shitting on her and like still kind of using was like, oh, well, my home in Florida is bigger. And then so she talked about the square foot and Fran obviously doesn't know the square foot of this place. So I don't know the square foot of our like, apartment. Oh, it doesn't matter. And I was like, it's 3,800. Like mine's 38,000. Yeah. And like immediately like falls into that combative thing. They keep asking well we need what we need to meet the the, the the love of your life and she says well he's he's out on auditions all day so you're not going to see him and they're like, well we'll wait it's fine we have an open-ended yeah plane basically ticket. they won't leave until yeah. they meet it and then uh niles niles walks up and so fran immediately gets the idea of like okay you're going to be maxwell today. so they can leave so they can fuck the fuck off Again, they're using this as a showing kind of the relationship between uh, Niles and Fran of being kind of a friend thing because Niles is saying like, this is a big favor to ask. And Fran and me was like, oh, but I covered for you. So Niles immediately falls in and plays the role and is going above and beyond of saying like, oh, yes, I love Fran so much. I take it business is very good. Oh, yes, too good. Yes, I I curse every moment I'm away from my beautiful bride. Oh, chef. Of course, I hobnob with the rich and famous, but the only time I'm truly happy is when I'm with her. She's my center, my compass, the light of my life. (laughs) Sorry, sometimes I just get swept up in the magic that is Fran. Well, who could blame you? And this is the moment when in a delightful, I don't want to call it Frasier-esque, but it does feel kind of Frasier-adjacent, people from the Butler's Association show up a day early to a praise Niles and they're still pretending that uh, you know Fran and everyone are still pretending that Niles is yeah. is is Maxwell and um, they have claimed that the butler quote Niles has gone with the children to the museum because it's butler day at the museum yes so they end up inviting the butler association representatives in because if they come back tomorrow they'll recognize that Niles is Niles not Maxwell so it might cause complications but we'll talk to you about the butler we'll tell you and so while they're talking about how great the butler is that's when Maxwell comes back with the kids because the museum was closed because of a bomb scare a joke you cannot make anymore no, in a no. sitcom that would be a very special episode it today would be, yeah, it was like how there was an episode of friends that was set to air right after 9-11 that was going to be about like uh, like Monica flying somewhere and, and Chandler trying to get get her to come back. So he phones in a bomb scare. And because this episode was set to air like right after 9-11, no, they very hurriedly no. had to rewrite and reshoot all of that <laughs> stuff in like the week or two before. Aww. Maxwell comes back mm-hmm. and uh, Niles and Fran are like, hey, it's Niles the butler. And Maxwell has no idea what's going Maxwell on. Maxwell says, oh, what are you talking about, brother? Stupid. Fuck you. I'm all playing this stupid game. Yeah. Fuck. That's what he sounds like on the show. <laughs> That's exactly um, what he yeah, sounds like. Perfect impersonation. In fact, let's. Do, what we'll do is I'm going to do that impression again. And then we'll play a clip of something that Maxwell says. And you won't hear the scene. God blimey, governor. Fucking hell. You'll bust up your b- b- bomb lit. What are you making? Make me pretend to be a butler fishing ships it's, it's absurd i'm not doing it and that's final you can't tell the difference no tell me where my Spot. i stopped and the show started i can't it's it's like i'm i uh, i'm seeing <laughs> maxwell like Sheffield in front of- into a mirror <laughs> we come back from the act break and we're in maxwell's office everyone except for the visiting family and the butler's association people are in the office because maxwell's like well this is obviously fucking stupid apparently the decision was made let's have this conversation in the office away from the people who might 
hear this because I want to say it's stupid, but I don't want to say it's stupid to the people to whom it actually yeah. affects, um, which is a little odd, but like they've cut to commercial. Take advantage of that commercial break. Yeah, but like you have to get everyone yeah. on board and uh, Fran uh, is very much pushing Maxwell of like, well, you don't want to get Niles in trouble with this Butler Association. It's very important because Niles has been in your service for so long and uh, Maxwell reluctantly agrees. It takes him a while and he says he's not going to do it and they do eventually go back downstairs and Fran's uncle asks for a drink and Maxwell says, well, there are drinks in the in the kitchen, help yourself. And it isn't until like Fran and Niles are both, Niles pretending to be Maxwell talking about, you know, it's a question of loyalty and, and family and respect. It's her, her aunt like goes up to the Butler's Association people and says, you can't really blame the butler. After all, the help reflects the hostess, and let's face it, poor Franny here is in way over her head. And that, like, immediately because Fran's honour has been impugned, that's when Maxwell's like, would you like crushed ice or cubed? And he's mm-hmm. immediately, it's to, to save face for Fran. I don't think this is the first time we've seen Maxwell kind of properly like showing, like, oh, he's protective of Fran, he cares about mm-hmm. Fran. But this is, like, the first big gesture, yeah. as opposed to, like going to hug and then not hugging like this is a this is this is this is a big this isn't just a big moment in the episode this is a big moment in their relationship yeah uh like uh, it's the fact that it's someone insulting like yeah. fran that uh, gets them on it and it is kind of funny before that of like maxwell's a horrible host yeah oh, just like even it. like I mean, I don't, I don't have a butler, so I don't know what it's like to have a butler. But I would still feel like if you're in my home, and I would just get you a drink anyway. Make, make some Kool Aid, something. <laughs> make you know? some Kool Aid. Like I only sound like I've had slash been a butler. I've never had a butler related experience in my life. One day, fingers crossed, I will be able to employ a person to just do whatever the fuck I want at any given moment. This is so awkward. I could never do that. You, I would. What, what would happen is we, if we got to that point, be like, let's hire a butler. Okay, cool. Then we'd have the butler and then you would be too nervous to ask them to do anything so basically what we'd have is we'd have a roommate who we're paying for <laughs> yeah i mean isn't that just what fran becomes absolute after? yeah that's the point after they get married is she get, getting a paycheck like Don't there's, no, know. there's an episode about that isn't yeah there? but yeah the kids are super jazzed to see their dad pretending to be the butler they take advantage of it they ask for soda they ask for ice cream they ask brighton for soda goes like all in yeah it's like no you have to call me master brighton is asking for all of this so stuff. good He's he's all his performance like when he's doing the political stuff he's funny. This scene where he's talking about wanting ice cream and a round of Oreo like he's so good in this scene. Mm-hmm. I wish I could remember the kid's name, the actor's name. Uh, Benjamin Salisbury. Benjamin it's Salisbury. your name. It's, my it's your name. name and then food. Benjamin Salisbury is so good. Like there are aspects of the performance that he gives, particularly when Maxwell and Fran are talking to him later in the kitchen about how he didn't really win class president. Spoiler alert, by the way. His disappointment is palpable. Like I palped. I mean, in let's let's talk room. about that. So they got yeah. uh, they get a ring on the doorbell, and they have no idea who's gonna show up because, and that's kind of just been the gag throughout the episode of like the doorbell rings, something comes to like they finally get it sorted out of what the lie is, and then someone yes. comes to ruin it. What now? 
probably for you. Everyone I know is here. Yes. Um, next thing that comes is um, a kid, and it turns out that it's uh, one of Brighton's classmates, come to invite him to the inauguration party, and Fran's all like, oh, look, they're throwing him a party. He's like, no, they throw the winner a party, which is not Brighton. <laughs> So Brighton runs out because he's embarrassed. It, it's interesting that the next knock on the door was actually shattering Brighton's lie, which up until this point we had no indication it was a lie because he's playing the role of I'm political now so well. Yeah, and I do like this as like coming around. It's not a uh, like knocking you over the head with yeah. the moral, but there is something of this episode of keeping up lies and keeping up yeah. appearances for your family. And this is actually like Fran learning something of like seeing Brighton keep up this lie for his dad. Yeah. And he's like, why, why am I having, why am I lying for my parents? Yeah. And so then she goes into the room um, and tells her family, like, I'm not married to Maxwell. I am the nanny here and I'm not going to be ashamed of it. But because the Butler Association are still there, she does still pretend that Niles is maxwell and that maxwell is yes. the butler. maxwell then steps forward still pretending to be niles and talking about because friends aren't an uncle are talking shit about how oh she's she's just the nanny she's just the help uh, and then that's the exact voice that they did again i'm a master of impersonations and maxwell pretending to be niles talks about he does this amazing speech which i'm just gonna drop in here because it's so good if i may speak as just the butler I was here before Miss Fine's arrival, and I can tell you she has made this house more chaotic, more contentious, definitely louder. <laughs> but she and Mr. Sheffield may not always see eye to eye. <clears throat> but at the risk of overstepping, I don't think I've seen him or the children this happy for a very long time. Oh, thank you, Mr. Niles. <clears throat> Everyone loves it except for the people from the Butler's Association yeah. who talk about how it's super duper inappropriate and how they're not going to accept him into the Butler's Association. Which it, which it, which it is, and, but yeah. we should establish from the other side of this is not a model for any uh, relationships between employee and employer. Uh, do not model if you are in a situation where you could have butlers or a nanny. Don't treat them this way. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do this. It's for funny ha-has. Yeah, they do eventually talk, like, the Butler's Association are actually like, well, we are going to, you know what, we will we will let you into the Butler's yeah. Association. So they kick um, the family people out. Like, yes. Maggie's the one who actually, like, sticks up for Fran, like, calls, uh, like, insults the family member. And yes, there's that great line of that was, you green cow. Yeah, green cow. And then Fran's like, oh, it's, oh, Maggie, it's turquoise. <laughs> and then, so then they leave. And that's when the Butler's Association is like, you know what, we will let you in. And then who's the last person to go through the door, the the, the missing element of this episode? Why, it's Red Dwarf star Hattie Hayridge, who played Holly from seasons three through five. No, it's not. That would be, no, it's Cece, who doesn't pick up on any of the very obvious cues that literally everyone else is giving her that some kind of charade is occurring. And she just blows the whole thing for the Butler's Association, who realize that Niles is pretending to be Maxwell and vice versa. I do like, so you so you say charade, because they say yeah. the word charade and charade a lot this episode. Yes. And you can tell who are the English people and who are the Americans based on who's saying what. Yes. 
That's kind of the tell here. So one of these actors is, uh, his name is Brian George, and he's he's originally from Israel. Um, but he does a lot, he plays a lot of English characters. Like the thing that I most remember him from is he played Julian Bashir's father in Star Trek Deep Space Nine <laughs> in the episode that outs Julian Bashir as having been, uh, he, he's a GM baby. So some Star Trek crossover. Yeah. Um, other people may recognize this, uh, may recognize that particular actor, may recognize Brian George as the actor who he played a uh, a guru who tried to help uh, Matthew Broderick's Inspector Gadget become one with himself um, and got his testicles crushed. Oh, fun! But he's done other things. Oh, fun! That I icon- that iconic stuff. role. He's in the first episode of The Orville. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is an actor yeah. that has done some things. Um, so yeah, Cece comes and she immediately uh, spills the beans on everything has been a, a charade. Niles is Maxwell and Maxwell is Niles, and the Butler's Association is uh, they 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 have been duped and they are very angry about it. But point out of like, uh, it's Fran who points out like, I'd like to know when the last time you've seen a boss go to such lengths for his butler and make such a complete and utter fool of himself the butler association they aren't so much into that but they're like and we do need the dues (laughs) you're in and then they have like a funny little joke to themselves of like uh, we'll let ourselves out out. we're butlers we know where the door is yeah there's a great little like weird butlery thing and then that's that's basically the episode yeah yeah um, what did you think of this episode? I I enjoy this episode. It's something of like they've established all of the characters enough that yeah. it's it becomes a funny thing of watching them have to do the this other is, ones yeah, and kind of is, bouncing off of each other. This is a fun thing to do like six episodes in because by this point any audience that's been watching week in, week out have gotten an idea of who the characters are and watching them flip the script a little bit, this is the ideal time to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's done very well. I really enjoyed this episode. I love farce. It's one of the reasons I love Frasier. Um, And this episode kind of really, I don't necessarily think it's a great example of sitcom farce, but I think it works really, really well. I think the characters are having fun. I think the actors are having fun. It was one of those episodes that really kind of flew by because of how much I was enjoying it. Even though, again, it's an episode that I've already seen two or three times in the last (laughs) month. And something that's really only contained in just in that main living room. Yeah. It's one, basically this whole episode is done in two sets. Yeah. There's mostly the living room and then a bit in the kitchen. A couple of bits in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so again, this is a great little bottle episode with like four guest stars and a really fun, fa- farce, farce is difficult to write. Sitcom farce in particular, is a, it's a very kind of tricky thing to kind of stick the landing on. Even Frasier, which I think is a brilliant example of like sitcom as farce on a week in, week out basis, mm-hmm. didn't always stick the landing. But this is a really solid bit of pretend to be me, pretend to be someone else kind of sitcomery, which um, is kind of a staple of the sitcom genre. It's, you know, anything was like, oh, I've got two dates on the same day. Like that's, that's very yeah. gentle sitcom fast. And I think the, the layers that you have of, you have the Butler's Association, you have friends, family, you have a little bit of Brighton in there as well. You have Maxwell kind of outing how he feels about yeah that's something yeah. like there's farce but it's also like it's built on a very heartfelt yeah uh so it, even with all the ridiculous stuff it doesn't feel that ridiculous yeah. because there's so much heart behind like why the reason why everyone is lying yeah. like i think one of the things to remember is that american sitcoms tend to do 
you know, 15, 20, 20 plus episode season runs. In the UK, we do six ep- six episodes a season. Sometimes we'll go look like Red Dwarf has a couple of eight episode seasons. Coupling has like a 10 episode season. This feels like if this were a British show, and there's never going to be a British version of The Nanny, but this feels like this is a good like, oh, this is the season finale because we get to do fun things with characters that we've been playing with for the last six weeks. Like mm-hmm. this feels like a really, te- if you're ending the first six episode run, this is a really strong way to end that. Like, it works really well. And obviously there's like a thousand episodes of The Nanny after this in this first yeah. season alone. But this, it, it just, it works really, really well. I'm, I've, I, it's not something you could do episode two. Mm-hmm. But it works well as like an episode six. It works really, really well. Is there any uh, British things you want to talk about? Let's talk about br- the British people because there are a lot of them in this episode. Let's talk again. I don't know. I already talked about Brian George, who I think might be the only other authentic Brit in the room, other than the actor who plays Maxwell. Yeah, it's like Charles Shaughnessy. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce Charles, it. Charles Shaughnessy. Yeah, I believe the other actor is known for playing British roles. He's popped up in Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ian Abercrombie. Ian Abercrombie. Oh yeah, I guess he's English, but doesn't he sounds more like Niles? Apparently, played uh, Alfred in Birds of Prey. In oh, Birds of Prey show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, that's an actor that I've definitely seen. He's played British characters in other things. I've definitely seen him as a member of the Watchers Council in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. As you've just pointed out, he was Alfred in the Birds of Prey TV So, like, series. that's, like, the go-to, like, if yeah. you're being an English person. Did you get to play Alfred or not? Yeah. Uh, that's good company. you got Michael Caine in there. You've got... Um... I, lo- I just want to read the first sentence of his yes. IMDb. Ian Abercrombie began his theatrical career as a lad during the Blitz in World War II. Yes. Um, and I think it's interesting because he, of the two um, Butler Association people, I did not think he was from the UK because his accent hues close, closer to Niles' accent. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, is the, act, is the accent that Daniel Davis is doing as Niles more accurate to a specific type of English accent than I would be familiar with or be aware of? Or is Ian uh, Abercrombie... Is his, is his accent, is he tailoring his accent for an American audience? Yeah, I mean, that's what my yeah. guess would be, is that he's trying to specifically sound like a fancy English person according but, yeah. to what an American thinks yeah. that is. Because this is an actor who, like, according to his IMDb, he, he'd been uh, uh, living in, Calif- he moved to California in the 70s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he sadly passed away. Like, he's, he's someone who's uh, no longer with us, but he was the first, fun fact, first cast member from The Nanny to pass away. I don't think that's actually true. <laughs> Certainly the first cast member in this episode to pass away. So, good for him. Uh, <laughs> Is it? No! Uh, no, I feel terrible. But yeah, just in terms of English accents, it's interesting to hear an American, there's an American doing a British accent that may, may not sound uh, entirely authentic. There is a, a man from Israel who also has British and Canadian citizenship uh, doing a fantastic English accent because, of course, he you know, yeah, lived in the that's... UK. And then there's an English person who has been living in California for, by that point, you know, a pretty good chunk of his life doing an accent that sounds like an American doing a British accent. Mm-hmm. All while Charles... All while Charles... So- Ch- all while Charles Shaughnessy is still... It's a very difficult yeah. name. <laughs> All while Charles Shaughnessy is still doing the most authentic accent in the room, despite the fact that his his acting background is soaps. Yeah. Uh, it's delightful. And there's also a lot of lot of great uh, suits in this. All the English people are wearing suits. Maxwell does not look like a butler at all. No, Ma- though I also like, I don't like his tie. His tie is too skinny yeah. for the suit that he was wearing. Yeah. 
And he very quickly changes out of those wellies when he gets home. Yeah. Like, act break, he's in his office not wearing wellies. <laughs> So what episode are we watching next time? The next episode is season one, episode seven, Imaginary Friend. The repeated appearance of Grace's imaginary friend has been cause for concern, leading Friend to suggest less therapy and more fun might be beneficial. Ooh. Oh, that's going to be a fun one for us to sink our teeth into next time. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening to Out on Her Fanny. If you are enjoying this show, do please consider uh, sharing this show with your friends on social media. Leave a positive review for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you can leave reviews. Little podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth. So we would really appreciate you opening your mouth and sharing your thoughts about us with the people that you love. Mandy, where can people find Out on Her Fanny on Trey Social's medias? Yeah, so if you're sharing the podcast you can always find us at out on her fanny on twitter instagram and facebook mm-hmm. and our website is oofcast that is o-o-h-f cast.com you can also find me at mandy quesadilla on twitter and instagram yep you can find me at ben padden on twitter and instagram and that's our show that's thank our you very show. much for listening thank you so much for listening to out on her fanny we've had some food that we ordered on the floor waiting for us for the past it 10 minutes so good so I'm we're gonna we're gonna have that yes thank you very much for listening to out on her fanny a podcast about the nanny i have been ben and i'm mandy and yes we do, do know, know it means, means vagina. vagina yay let's see yay Grand Geek Gathering